are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Hey, I want to welcome all our podcast listeners. Thank you for joining us each and every week here on the Fuel Church Podcast. As you may have seen, we um, haven't posted anything the last few weeks because we are in a series here at Fuel Church called At the Movies, and due to copyright copyrights, we are not allowed to uh, put those messages on the podcast. So I wanted to bring you a few messages uh, for all those uh, who are not able to be here with us. Maybe you live in a different city, a different state, or a different country, and um, just encourage you with a few thoughts that were on my heart. And so um, you'll see a few messages pop up through the month of September, and uh, just hope they encourage you. Uh, Also want to ask you, uh, if you listen to the podcast and it's been a blessing to your life, would you let us know about that? Um, That'd be awesome. Uh, We have actually an email called mystory@thefuelchurch.com, mystory@thefuelchurch.com. And uh, send us, um, you know, what this, let us know what this podcast has done for you and your life and your family. If it's been an encouragement, if it's been a blessing to you, we would love to read those stories. It's always an encouragement for myself and our staff and our team here to um, hear those stories of life change. And uh, we believe God's word has the power to change us from the inside out. And so you can... uh, Drop us a line or two or a, or a testimony of what God has done through the Fuel Church podcast. Let's get into today's message. Um, uh, I want to talk to you today about the subject of this, living fearless in a fearful world. Let's say that again, living fearless in a fearful world. How can we live fearless in a world that wants us to be fearful. I mean, we, we turn on the TV, we look at the news, we look at what's happening in our society, and uh, we, we have kids, we have families, uh, and fear can very easily grip our hearts. Um, and so I want to talk about this subject in the le- next few messages here, and I believe it will encourage us Um, as we go to God's word to see what God has to say about fear, because he has a lot to say about it, actually. Um, But we need to know from the start that fear is the opposite of faith. And so in our lives, we can either walk by fear or we can walk by faith. We can either walk by fear or we can walk by faith. When we get the bad report, when we get the call, when we find out that, that our bank account is down to zero, when we find out our child's done something at school wrong, we can either walk by faith or we can walk by fear. And I love this because uh, I heard someone say this, that the currency of the devil is fear and the currency of Jesus is faith. Um, an acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. It appears to be real, but it's not. And uh, our home-based scripture is found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, and it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, 
love, and self-discipline. Power, love, and self-discipline. So we know right away that um, if God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, then we know that our, our spiritual enemy has. The enemy is out to perpetrate fear and to get us to live in this world uh, by fear instead of faith. Now, one thing about fear is fear paralyzes us. Uh, if you've ever dealt with a spirit of fear, I know I have in my life, and fear literally paralyzes you. It immobilizes you. It causes you to stay stuck. Uh, you have a hard time making decisions when you're dominated and controlled by this spirit of fear. Some people can't even go out of their houses. They won't get in a car. They won't get... In, in a bus or a plane or, or they won't cross the state line because of uh, some fear or phobia that they have. And so fear can paralyze us. But we need to understand that fear is not from God. Fear is from the devil. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us uh, power, love, and self-discipline. Now, there's been some erroneous teaching in the body of Christ that um, that we should fear God and uh, that, that God is out to get us. If we sin, if we mess up, then God's going to give you cancer or God's going to empty your bank account or you're going to lose your job if, 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 if you do something wrong. And uh, this, fear, this is a fear-based relationship. It's not a love-based relationship. Uh, but we don't find that in the Word of God. Um, we do find many scriptures uh, that say we should fear God but um, a lot of people take that out of context, and what it means is we should reverence God. He's holy. He's, he's a holy God, and we should reverence him, and we should honor him. But it does not mean that we should be scared of him. And so uh, Jesus came to save us, not to scare us. I say it like that. Jesus came to save us, not to scare us. Now, there are 365 scriptures in the Bible uh, from God that begin with the phrase, fear not. And I love that, 365. We got one for each day. And so if you're dealing with fear, I believe most of us listening to this podcast have dealt with fear or are dealing with fear. You got one scripture every day to quote and to apply to your life. Uh, one of the top 10 public fears is this, and it's kind of what I want to talk about because I believe most of us deal with it, and it is, it is fear of the future. Fear of the future. Um, and I, I just believe this, that if anyone should be fearless, fearless of the future, it should be us, God's kids. But the reality is there's a lot of Christians. There's a lot of church-going people. There's a lot of people who love God um, that spend most of their lives worrying about tomorrow. What's going to happen to my job? What's going to happen to my family? How are my kids going to turn out in such a crazy world? Will my marriage get better or is this it? How can I pay all these medical bills? How will I ever retire one day? And uh, fear begins to grip us concerning our future. And um, I, I've dealt with that as well in my life, my own personal life. I remember a moment um, back in 2011 when uh, my family and I were pastoring in New Jersey, and uh, we were about to launch a uh, conference for youth and young adults. And, and uh, here we were, um, uh, about six weeks out from that conference, and all of a sudden, fear just gripped me like uh, thought with these thoughts like no one 's going to show up you 're not going to get the registration you need to cover your budget and it was It was about a sixty thousand dollar budget for this three day conference and i I just remember feeling paralyzed at that moment 
Like, you know, here we were six weeks out from this conference and all the planning and preparation and the guests have been booked and flights had been booked and, and uh, hotels and, and, and our team is, and staff are working very hard. And then here I was, the leader of it, gripped by fear uh, because I was worried that we weren't going to sell enough tickets and worried about money. And uh, I, I think a lot of us worry about money, and uh, fear can grip us concerning our money. And, and I, ha- I went through about four days of this worrying, and then finally I just had to give it to God. Um, because I, I said, I, I am determined to not allow um, my today to be robbed by these thoughts of fear. And I began to hold, grab a hold of God's word and uh, begin to apply that to my life, and um, you know, a lot of people never enjoy today because they're worrying about tomorrow. Um, and uh, it, it, it's hard because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so our thought is, let's worry. Let's worry about this or that. And then it robs us. It robs us of our today. So I want to give you three reasons why you do not need to fear for the future. Uh, because worry and anxiety will rob each and every one of us if, if we do not release this fear and grab a hold of faith. The first reason um, that we see in the life of David and out of Psalms 23 is the uh, first reason we don't need to fear is this, because God is watching over me. Yes, God is watching over me. The Bible says, surely goodness and mercy, it's following me all the days of my life. Because God is good, I can expect his protection and provision in my life. And no matter what happens to me, God will bring the good out of it somehow. It will either be for my good, for the good of others, or for the good of his kingdom. But all I know is that God is good. God is good. Someone needs to just say that right now. God is a good God. God is a good God. Many people have been taught in the body of Christ that God is a mean God. He's an angry God. He's out to get you. But the opposite is the truth. God is a good God, and he is watching over you. I love what Psalms 145 says. The Lord watches over all who love him. He's watching over you. He's watching over your family. You see, we may not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. And God cares about every single detail of your life. And like a good father, he will provide for you in your future. I love Psalms 91. It says God orders his angels around us to protect you wherever you go. You see, angels are real. They are the invisible helpers on assignment from God. And one of the reasons God created them is to watch over us and to help protect us. So we found out that God is watching over us. Number two is this, because God is working in me. I don't need to be fearful about tomorrow. Why? Because God is working in me. You see, not only goodness will follow you, but mercy will follow you all the days of your life, David said in Psalms 23. Uh, I love Isaiah 60.10. It says this, I will have mercy on you through my grace. What is grace? I heard this acronym. I love it. It says it's God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is the fact that God gives you what you need, not what you deserve. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God does not give me what I deserve. Well, what is mercy? Mercy is grace in action. Why do we need mercy? Because we're imperfect. We stumble, we fall, we blow it, we make mistakes. In the future, you and I are going to sin. 
So in the future, we need not only God's goodness, but we need his mercy. We need his forgiveness, his pardon, his healing. You see, when you really understand God's grace and mercy, that God isn't out there trying to get even with you, you see that if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, he has taken the penalty for everything you've ever done wrong or will do wrong upon the cross. He paid it all so you didn't have to. So when a bad thing happens, you don't have to think that God's getting even with you. God doesn't get even for the things that he has already, that have already been paid for on the cross. That's grace and mercy. See, when you don't understand God's grace and mercy, then you have no need of fear. Or rather, when you do understand God's grace and mercy, you have no need of fear for the future. I love what Psalms 103 says. I will not forget the glorious things God has done for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals me. He ransoms me from hell. He surrounds me with loving kindness. He fills my life with good things. He is merciful and tender towards those who don't deserve it. He is slow to get angry. He never bears a grudge. He has not punished us as we deserve for our sins. For his mercy is as great and as high as the heavens. He is like a father to us, tender and sympathetic to those who reverence him. I love this about God. I love Psalms 103. This paints the picture of a good God. This paints the picture of a God who has grace and mercy upon you and I. And when we understand this, it changes everything. We may go through tough times, we may go through a valley, we may go through a difficult season and even made some bad choices that we brought upon ourselves, but God is there to help us. Even when we make the wrong decisions and the wrong choices, God is there. David said, even though I walk through this valley, the valley of the shadow of death, the valley of trouble, the valley of bad decisions... God is with me, and I will not fear no evil. Now, I love this analogy that David gives of God being a shepherd because we see that a shepherd always leads the sheep, always leads the sheep. The shepherd is always out in front of the sheep, leading them to green pastures, leading them to the provision, to the source of strength, leading them, and and, and. You lead sheep. You don't, you don't drive them. You don't drive sheep. You don't beat sheep. Um, if you're a farmer and you have cattle, um, there's a different process on getting the cattle to move because uh, you, you are behind the cattle and you're pushing them and they're driven from behind. But a shepherd is out in front of the flock and he leads them. Um, and I, I just want someone to hear this today that God is leading you. God is leading you, and we follow as he leads. He's not behind us, beating us, pushing us around, making us serve him. He gives us all a free will to serve him, and that's grace. That's grace that that the shepherd is out in front, and we can follow his lead. We can follow his lead, and we can learn from him. And when we fall and when we mess up, the shepherd comes and attends to us. So number one, reason why you don't have to fear about tomorrow because God is watching over you. Number two, because grace is working in you. And the last reason before we end today is this, because heaven is waiting for you. 
Heaven is waiting for you. I love what David says there in Psalms 23. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, God says, I've got this great life planned for you, and surely goodness and mercy will follow you. And when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be there for you. But God says, that's not the end. I've got something at the end. And David says, well, hey, God's got something great at the end, and it's this. It's called heaven. It's called heaven. 2 Corinthians 5.1 says this, we know that our body will be destroyed. But when that happens, God will have a house for us. It will not be a house made with human hands. Instead, it will be a home in heaven that will last forever. You see, one day your body is going to die, but you aren't. Your body is going to end, but that's not going to be the end of you. You're going to live forever in one of two places. You're either going to live in a Christless eternity in hell or in heaven with Christ. And we can be confident about our future when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6 and 8 says this, we look forward with confidence to our heavenly bodies and we are not afraid. We're not fearful, we're not scared, but are quite content to die for then we will be at home with the Lord. Notice what Paul tells the Corinthian church. We, we look forward to one day embracing that heavenly body. And we're not afraid of that day. We're not afraid to die. Why? Because we know that our eternity is set. We know that to be absent from the body means to be present with the Lord. You see, death for Christians is a transfer. It's a promotion. And uh, you're, you're not really... Uh, you're not ready to, to live until you're ready to die. You're not ready to live until you're ready to die. Heaven is waiting for you, my friend. Heaven is waiting for you. What's heaven going to be like? Well, it's going to be like this. You're going to get rewarded for your faithfulness to God. Heaven is a place where you'll get reunited with loved ones who knew the Lord. Heaven is a place where you're going to worship your creator forever and ever and ever. And heaven is a place of no pain, no sorrow, no suffering, no fears, and no tears. Heaven was made for everyone, but not everyone will be there. See, God created us all with a free will. He's given us all a choice. How do you know that you're going to heaven? Well, I'm glad you asked. John chapter 10 says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. Two things we see here in John 10 that Jesus is saying. He says, my sheep, they listen to my voice, number one, and number two, they follow me. So my question to you today is, are you listening to what God is saying over your life? Are you fulfilling the vision, the plan, the purpose that Christ has for your life? Are you following Jesus? Have you made him your Lord and Savior? Is he the one governing your life? Is he the, the pilot in your life? Not the co-pilot, but the pilot. Is he leading you? Is he leading you? The Bible says he'll lead you beside still waters. You see, he's like that great shepherd, and we are the sheep that follow him. And if you could answer these questions, yes, I'm following him. I've given my life to him. I'm doing it to the best of my ability. Then you can say with absolute confidence that I too, like David said, will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
I don't know about you, but this gives me an assurance. This gives me a peace that I know that no matter what happens in this world, no matter what calamity, no matter what natural disaster takes place, no matter what happens in my life, that I too can be fearless in such a fearful world, that I know that heaven, that heaven is my home. I know that heaven is waiting for me. So I want to encourage you today, you too can live fearless in a fearful world. Why? Because God is watching over you, number one. Why? Because grace is working in you and heaven is waiting for you. You don't have to have fear concerning your future, but you can live fearless. I encourage you today, whatever it is that you're facing in your life, whatever it is that has you trapped, whatever it is that has you feeling paralyzed, whatever thoughts are roaming through your head that cause you to stay in one place and mobilizing you with fear, I encourage you today to grab a hold of God's word. Grab a hold of Psalms 23. Begin to read it every day. Post it somewhere in your house. Post it somewhere where you can read it and memorize it. And I believe it will be an encouragement to your life. And I believe that you too can live a fearless life in such a fearful world. I want to pray for you today. God, I just thank you for every person listening today, God. And Lord, you know who they are and what they're facing, what they're going through at their job, what they're facing at home and the physical attacks that they've been going through, the financial attacks, the relational issues that they're going through. You know the fears, you know the thoughts that are in their minds and their hearts, God. And I just pray that you would minister to each and every person, God, that your Holy Spirit would speak to them right now and a peace would come over them. That they, can, they would know that you're watching over them. They would know that grace is still working in their life and they would have an assurance that heaven is waiting on them. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer, meaning with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Jesus name. It's simple as that. And uh, I encourage you find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.